Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss Cucks, Snow White, and the Microsoft Courier. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. All right, Ryan, we're back. It's another week. Another Uh, week? Another week of madness. And I have to say, it's been a very bad week for me. I've been very ill. I've had a combination cold... And sinus, I guess, infection. I don't know what's going on. It's like a Taco Bell, Pizza Hut Taco Bell, but my body is, yeah, my body is giving out. Anyhow, it's been a crazy week of news. I have some personal news. It's not personal news. It's like um, tech nerd shit that happened this week that I want to talk about. Some of it related to the TV stuff we were talking about last week. But also there's a lot of horrible things going on in the world that we should discuss. And also there's some, are there any good things going on, I guess? A Star is Born has been doing well, but weirdly so has Venom. So clearly Star is people Born are... number one, the album on the Billboard 100, though. And that was... Yeah, that's like the only album that's come out in the last two months. Although you think people would be doing more Christmas albums. Where are the Christmas records? I guess that's not until like next month. Yeah, they're going to roll those out for Halloween. Anyhow, so what's going on? What do you want to talk about? There's a lot of news happening. There's a, there's so a, like... tech-wise, I know you wanted to talk about TV stuff as a follow-up mm. from well, okay. So we were last week, I was bitching about how there's like, I'm so, I don't want to have to deal with the situation where I'm like, I have to think about services. I just want like a central place and then I just choose something and then it just shows me the thing and I don't have to ever think about like a genie for your TV. I just want, no, I want something that's it's like normal. It's like, uh, I want Sonos. So Sonos is actually a bad example, but Sonos is as close as you get. I just want something that takes all, I want, HBO to not be like its own app. I want it to just be a content provider in a feed, essentially. Yeah, you just want to log a whole bunch of things into it, like a central website in the cloud. Yes. Yes, I want to log into one place and have it be like, okay, you're now logged into all these things and we're going to not discriminate in terms of the way you get your, you're getting the same type of thing you want. Um, You're going to get a video, okay? You're going to get a video and that's, we're just going to give you the video and you don't have to worry about any of the other stuff. You You have to search everybody's poorly built app. Yeah, it's like the Showtime app and the HBO app aren't like real special. They're just no. running videos. Hulu and HBO are not different. Hulu and Netflix are not different. They're all bad interfaces too. Yeah, I get that Netflix is like good. I guess they're better at discovery or whatever, and they like give you recommendations. I understand that, but like I'm just saying, I don't want to deal with that. I want to. I want to. I want to something that. I, so anyhow, so somebody was like, "Oh, you should try Cavo, which is this box that this company made that you plug all of your shit into, and then it like uses machine learning to like read the screen, and then like." I don't know. Anyhow, I, I it was a nightmare situation to set up. I got one. They were actually excellent. They gave me they they were went above and beyond in terms of customer uh, service support. Um, I discovered that I have some connection issues in my setup, but I ripped apart my entire AV setup, and then I was like, you know what? I don't. I just want to watch BoJack Horseman. Like I don't even have. I, I so basically what happened is I took I basically unplugged everything, and now I just have my PS4, my Apple TV and my Xbox, and the Switch, and that's it. Now everything else is disconnected. That's my setup. I have cable running through my Xbox, a PS4 hooked up, Switch hooked up, and then everything else is just not. I don't have any. Yeah, Apple I don't even. Don't fuck yeah. The cast. yeah, I'm done with all that shit. I'm, I'm, I, I watched uh, DirecTV now. I got a subscription to DirecTV now. That's how I watch if I need to watch live TV. It's on the Apple TV. 
And I'm, mm-hmm. this is good enough. It's good enough. I'm not going to change. The Cavo device is very nice. It's very, it's very elegant. I'm for certain people. I'm sure it would work really well. It, it's just not for. It's just too much setup for me. Yeah, I mean, like I'm stuck in my ways now. Equivalent to a modern IR blaster, where you're like, all right, this is. Yeah, well, I already have an IR blaster. I have a Harmony remote, so it, it's basically. I did accidentally like refine my setup a little bit because of it. The Cavo seems like a very nice device, but I'll be returning mine um because i don't need it because it's just i've already i already have my setup and it's just yeah. more more stress than i need how much is it it's 100 bucks it's it, it's a very nice device and if i had not had the connection headaches that i had which were my own problem not anything to do with the device itself it has some, yeah, like, some it would be good for me because i could plug all my stuff into it and then like it, it would run everything centrally because right now i end up having do to you want my work. do you want my cavo do you want to try it i mean i'll try it i'll give it a go I'll sell it to you at a very reasonable price. <laughs> very cheap. No, um, you, if you want to try it out, you should try it. I'll give it to you. You can take it and you should just like tell me what your results are. But um, okay. then, okay, that's So then, I, you know, I got a Pixel 3 XL. Um, Gorgeous cam. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just like the Pixel 2. I mean, honestly, the thing, it's like the notches are so disgusting. They're so disgusting. They're so dumb and useless and stupid and ugly. I, that's all I have to say is like the phone is perfectly wonderful, but those notches are stupid and they should never exist. They should not the have existed. iPad doesn't is so a new iPad was announced that they're going to announce it. They made an announcement to make an announcement. Um, yeah. That just happened to be this morning. I was like, let me sell my iPad while it's sale price. While, while it's hot. And I like locked in the price at whatever great price. And then they announced it like an hour later. It was like, it was amazing. It was a beautiful. So you sold your iPad. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna sell how, it. How did you? Oh, are you eBay? No, through like a, you know, a gazelle like service. Oh, really? Is that how you do it now these days? I don't have the time to be on eBay. Does that work? Does that shit work? It does work. I've done it hmm. for a lot of interesting. Devices. Interesting. Really? Okay. Maybe that's what I should do. I mean, I have a lot of crap laying around. You like, wait, you can make a bunch of money. I mean, even just the Apple trading, you don't get the best price. But okay, you, can you need to, you know, you need to send me some links when we're done here. I need to know what I should be doing, what service I should be using, because I'm like, honestly, I have so much crap I could get rid of. It's kind of sick. You should. You should put it, get rid of all that shit, put it into a trust, and then when <laughs> Zelda's 18, she'll have Josh's old tech trust. My tech tech cash. Um, so so anyhow, the new iPad is coming out, and I was like, well, let me even see what this new iPad is. And it looks pretty good. It's like the first really big like overhaul of the hardware in a long time. And really? I was there's like, pictures right. already. I don't. Well, there's like leaks. You know how there was. Leaks. I, are they on the? Is it on the verge? Let me take a look here. And one of the main leaks is that there won't be a notch because there's so much space in the iPad. They can integrate Face ID to where you don't see it. And I was like, that's an admission that the notch is bad. Because the notch is fucking stopgap solution. If it was truly something they wanted to do, they would do it on the iPad. But they're not because they don't want that. You don't need a notch. And this brings me to my other thing I'm going to talk about in a second. But I'm looking for the leak here. Nothing here. Uh, you know, I don't see any leak. Oh, you know what the bird that I thought was really interesting today was um, Intel getting super into folding laptops. And yeah, and everybody's fold. all of a sudden everybody's like, "Hey, the courier was a really good idea, and we should do it." Right? I mean, the courier is the coolest thing. I mean, you know, people don't even remember these days, but but this looks. I'm sorry, I'm looking at this Verge. I'm looking at this Verge article. I'm looking at this picture of, with Dieter holding these things. This looks ridiculous. It doesn't look cool at all. I do bad. not want to type on a touch screen. This looks like, bad. 
This is but I would use dumb. it as an, as an iPad replacement to do work where like one page is a web page and the other page is for me to take notes. Like that actually sounds really nice to me as a use case for the iPad because as it stands, you use the pencil to take notes and you can't do that while you're browsing the web because there's no like edge where you can type or you can write on the web page and like even the split screen apps, it's too small to really do that. Like a folding device might actually have a use case. I just don't know what it is yet and nobody's yeah, I'm looking at. The, I think a folding. I think folding could work. I mean, I like this. I like a, some of what the Surface Pro does. As a, I mean, it has folding. It has elements that kind of fold and can be rearranged and stuff. Okay, I'm looking at this iPad render. Like it. Who cares? It just looks like a fucking iPhone. Yeah. To me, it just looks like a big iPhone. But here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing. The notch is bullshit. The notch is what we're talking about is removing. Um a couple of millimeters of space above like where the time is displayed it's so stupid i mean the the but the point is it's like listen you are interrupting a screen for cameras that are far less valuable and important than the screen okay and and i could you can use the whole screen but not if there's a thing in the middle of it it's just a very or, bad design or- just drop the screen slightly, and guess what you can do with that extra space? Put a headphone jack back in. No, How about dude, that? This is, no, this is what I'm saying is that so I got it. So then I so then I like because I was like kind of like annoyed with the notch. So I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I'm gonna get the Galaxy uh, Note nine as a as a. I'm just gonna get it because I feel like it. Maybe it's maybe I'll like it. And I have to say, it's it's beautiful hardware. Honestly, like I think it's much cooler hardware than I mean maybe than anybody's making right now. Like. I'm impressed with Samsung's hardware. It's really well done. I got the lavender one, so it looks really fucking dope. Um, the camera is just, I'm sorry, the, the Pixel camera is so fucking good. Like the Note 9 camera would be good in a universe where the Pixel didn't exist. But like comparing I, I look them. At the and it's like, I have to have this. Like I, I mean, can't. Comparing them side by side. And no, this is the fucked up thing. I mean, people with iPhones are always like, when I take pictures with my Pixel, my Pixel 2. The Pixel 2 is amazing as well. But when I take pictures with it, people are like, what is this? And it's like, um, you know, it's very fucking good. It's like yeah. disturbingly good. And so I don't think people really get it. Like, I don't think people are realizing how impressive it is. But I've been taking like test photos like all over the place, just trying to kind of just feel out like what the differences are. And I have to say, I mean, there's some like staggering differences. Like I'm looking right now, I took a picture of a wall in our house that's wood and it's like the wood grain is, it's like disappeared on the Samsung photo. Not, not totally, but it's like the image is so over-processed. Something Google software is really polishing things up and Apple's attempt to do that just made everybody like look like a Snapchat filter. Like there's something that their AI is actually doing, which they promised years ago with Android. They were like, the camera will get better because our software will keep learning. And I was like, all right, sure. Like jerk off motion. But it actually yeah. does yeah. seem to be doing something really great in the, because the cameras themselves are not, I know that I'm sure they're perfectly finely tuned because it's a, uh, you know, it's their hardware that they're really learning how to, they're getting really good at hardware or whatever. But it has to also be the software end because it's not like these cameras are such special, completely different. They're not putting le- like like insane lenses in there that Apple wouldn't have access to. They're using what has to essentially be an off-the-shelf camera. So their processing must just be so good. Or even in the situation, analyzing what the situation is and adjusting the physical camera to it, must it must be doing that because it looks so different. It's staggeringly different. 
Like just playing around. You, gonna, but I want to show you these two pictures. So the first one is the Pixel 2. Sorry, Pixel 3 XL. And I want you to really look at the wood grain here. Okay. And look at the amount of digital noise or, or lack thereof. Okay. One of these looks like wood and the other one looks like a like a photo of wood. Yeah. So it's like it's not like it's a horrible it's not like the difference is like wild. I mean, in the sense that I feel like you can look at them and you go like, yeah, I mean, like, but if you switch between these two pictures, the wood grain is so much richer and clearer compared to the, the Galaxy Note picture. And anyhow, it's just staggering to me. So, so I really like the, um, I really like the Galaxy Note and I think it, it feels really fast and it's, the screen is beautiful. And this is my point is that it doesn't have a fucking notch and it looks great. It looks better than, than both the iPhone and the Pixel 3 XL in terms of looking at the screen. There's no interruption. It feels completely like this vast space. And so obviously it's possible. Um, and for whatever reason, they're just, you know, uh, it's like they just have chosen to do this dumb notch. It's like this dumb design choice that's now infecting the entirety of the, this is not an important thing at all, but I just think it's bad. A laptop with Face ID, there will be no notch. Because the notch is bad, and they, right. they, it's just an admission that the notch is terrible. They need to get rid of the notch. They need to get rid of the fucking notch. And the fact that Google is like, oh, we'll do a notch too is just a sad – it's a very sad situation. Okay, so let's move on. There's other stuff in the news. Uh, yes. Elizabeth Warren, 1% Native American, and we're oh, all – I don't, don't – what, what, is, what is this thinking? What, what is the point right now? First off, first off, let's just be very clear, okay? She got trolled by the master troll, the, the, the troll in chief. And she, she took the bait and, and, but why three weeks before the midterms did this seem like a necessary thing to do? Why would you bring it up? Like it, nobody was talking about this. Yeah, it's not, it's like, it's like you're, it's like you're, you're responding to a joke that somebody told six hours earlier at a party, so you know? Weird. I mean, it's like, first off, I mean, there's a whole other set of issues with, Elizabeth Warren being like, I'm Native American or whatever. It's like, have a drop. So she subscribes to apparently that theory or the theory that like race is dependent on DNA profiles as opposed to like how you present to the world and how you were raised and your like identity. Yeah. Like, it's not like, yeah, it's not like there's like Native American traditions that her family has held on to. It's like, who knows the, the, the origin of the. Well, she ever was treated that way. And, and also now it led to like Lindsey Graham being like, well, I'll get tested and I'll show you that I have even more. Dan-. It was like, uh, could we just not build the Keystone XL pipeline? Everyone is. F- everyone can vote. Yeah. It's everyone's a fucking idiot. I think that's the, re- here's the thing. Elizabeth Warren. I honestly, I really don't see her being a viable candidate in 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 the current climate in America. I just don't. I mean, yeah. for president, I think there's lots of reasons, by the way, that Elizabeth Warren would not, would not be a good choice. N- not just because of the Native American thing, and not just because I don't know. She's just, just there's just a, a whole slew of things that it's like she's very. Listen, I think she's a brilliant politician and has done some really good things. Great where she is. But I just think there's a certain – I don't know. We're living in a really fucking weird moment, you know, and we cannot fuck around right now. Like we cannot do the thing that we think is like the – I mean, honestly, I hate to say this, but Democrats always do this shit where they're like, we got to do the thing that's right, the right thing. And it's like, no, you need to do the thing that will win, you know? Yeah, the- like like you want to be like, well, they, you know, Hillary didn't make it and it's like, – who knows? I'm sure there are people going like we need to put a strong female candidate in as the as the candidate because that's going to show – it's going to re- be a rebuff to 
to the to the Republicans. And it's like, yeah, or it's going to like backfire in some way. I'm by the way, I'm I'm all for if there's a if there is a if there is a perfect. I don't care what they are. I don't care who what their gender is. There's a difference between Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren. And uh, Kamala Harris is is is. But I think you've also got an uphill battle there. Um, of course you do. I think you have an uphill battle no matter what you do. But I do think Elizabeth Warren is not the person to counter Trump. It's just not, or at least not now. It, it's I, not a good like picture. It's not I, a good. The way that she speaks is too uh, professorial, and uh, I think his whole thing of just like like she's so heavy on facts and numbers he's just gonna say like ah <laughs> i got a i got a ticket the opposite i got a winning ticket for you okay man michelle obama joe biden e- any variation of them can he be vice president again <laughs> i think he can i think he can too michelle obama <laughs> president President Michelle Obama and Joe Biden VP, or you flip it. I'm fine with that too. No, I'd love it, but it, that'll never happen. Why not? She won't run. Michelle Obama, her VP is Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stick an old white man in there. I guess. Just for a couple of the, whoever the people who are like, I don't, if I don't see an old white man, I get very nervous. You know? Well, of old white men, um, yes. McGinnis and the crowd bo- and the Proud Boys are now in a, a living real life Street Fighter, I guess. Uh, not really. I mean, a plastic sword doesn't help you very much. Um, here's the thing: the Proud Boys are a bunch of uh, weird babies. Um, they're just like a bunch of weird babies. Here's the thing about Gavin McGinnis. He wants okay? to be rich again. So bad. Gavin McGinnis. Um, got booted from Vice. I don't know what the reasons were. I don't think he quit on his own accord. Or maybe he quit and he was like, I'm out of here and I'm going to be really special and hot. And then I think discovered that it's uh, Vice makes a lot of money and Gavin McGinnis doesn't. Yeah, I think his whole thing is a, is a fucking grift. I think his whole thing is a fucking grift. I, I think, you know, he lives in the suburbs. And he, I don't know, maybe his wife paid for this house, which is weird because he's such a kick-ass chauvinist. But um, I met, I once had a drink with Gavin McGinnis. We were connected through some uh, a friend. Oh god! This is a few years ago. They're like, Gavin's really interesting. You should meet him and talk to him. I was like, Yeah, I don't think so, but I'll I'll humor you and have a drink. We had a drink, and he told me that um, he bet me a thousand dollars that if I read an Ann Coulter book, that I would it would that I would change my opinion on immigration. I was like, yeah, you have to pay me $1,000 to read an Ann Coulter book. How low information do you have to be for you to be like, wow, Ann Coulter, that slim 60-page hate screen really Yeah, I I don't want to give him too much credit, but I think he's full of shit. I mean, that's my impression. My impression during the conversation that I had with him, you know, the hour that we spent talking, is that just like Milo, I think that Milo is also a grifter and full of shit. I think it's a dual-track grift. I think it's a grift on Republicans and alt-right people who think that he's for real. He's Tommy Barrett for men. Yeah, he can make money off that. No, I think she's actually, actually, just pretty dumb. Um, I, I, I think it's a dual grift. It's you're grifting on the Republicans, in the same way that in many ways that Trump is a grift, and he really is. Um, and then it's like you're also grifting. You're, you're like trolling all of the. You know, you're owning the libs, and and, and Antifa. Like you're also like that's a grift. You know, mm-hmm. like Gavin McGinnis is a fucking distraction. Um, he wants to get paid on his YouTube channel. That's what Gavin McGinnis does. You know, I'm not Alex Jones, which is so crazy to me that we're already on 2.0. Well, 
No, I mean, Alex, but Alex, jo- Alex Jones, actually, I was just having a conversation about this with somebody last night, a friend of mine. And, and I was saying, um, he's like, yeah, he's like Alex Jones. I'm like, well, no, I think that I don't think Gavin McGinnis is sincere. I think that he's full of shit. I think he's uh, maybe he's racist and sexist. I'm sure that's true. Transphobic, whatever, you know, like a like a to a normal, not normal, but you know what I mean? Like to an to an average degree. Yeah. But like he's doing an act. His act is like he's really this shock jock fucking character, right? My understanding is Gavin McGinnis wanted to be an actor and a comedian, and that didn't pan out. Dane Cook didn't happen to Gavin McGinnis, so Gavin McGinnis is going to happen. I mean, you can see it, but it makes sense. Milo wanted to be like a tech blogger or something or a poet before that, and that shit didn't work out. And he got frustrated and desperate, and so he he created – he realized, oh, like if you say really offensive things, like people will pay attention to you. Yeah, it was a bid for attention more than anything else. Yeah, it is. No, I mean, these they're attention whores. I mean, they're starving for attention. He just wanted his dad's love. You know, I could be, I could be, I could be, who knows? I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe he's actually a, the turd that he seems like. I'm saying he is a turd. I mean, he's just a different kind of turd. At this point, but. I mean, he's, he's, he is a piece of shit. He's just a different kind of piece of shit than I think that everybody is. He's like, you know, this alt-right provocateur. It's like, yeah, I guess. But also, isn't he just a fucking failed, um, like vice guy who is trying to get, get paid? Yeah. You know, he doesn't have any ideas. What are his ideas? What are his opinions? Like he has opinions, but what are his actual ideas? It's like he's saying anything of substance. He's just like racism, racism, racism. Yeah. Anyhow. Well, but, speaking uh, of assholes um, grifting, the GOP yeah. is planning to cut Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security to cover their tax cut for billionaires. It's good. We live in a good place with uh, with good people running it. I mean, I feel like I feel really sorry for the Americans who think that. Um, well, not sorry for them. I well, I do in a way. I mean, they've been lied to by a group of people who are much better at lying than um, than they should be. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're living in this like complete alternate reality situation where like there's a bunch of people in America who are like, I voted for Trump because he's like going to bring jobs back to America and he's going to like, you know, fix my, my healthcare problems and he's going to, you know, like all the shit that's like fantasy and they're actually doing the opposite. What was the story I saw? Is it Ford cutting jobs? Hold on a second. I'm just looking this up. Um. Uh. Yeah. Ford is cutting jobs and workforce reorganization. I think this is related to the tariffs. Um. You know, so it's like tariffs that everybody, every economist endorsed. Those tariffs. Yeah. People said it would be good. Seventy thousand. Um. Hold on a second. Detroit Free Press and Detroit News. So workers were informed on Thursday the company employs by 200,000 people around the world, including some 70,000 salaried workers. Um, yeah. I mean, whatever. The long and short of it is like all the stuff that is supposed to be happening, the opposite is happening. All the stuff that was said that was going to be happening. Oh, well, there's, a, there's a Ford ad on the CNN article, which is really rich. It's like Ford to cut jobs. Like check out the new Ford Edge ST. Mitch McConnell said recently, they were like, well, the Tea Party was really all about the deficit and cutting government spending and like, you know, getting everything back in balance. Um, what, what, where do you feel like that energy is now? And he said something like, I really feel like that the party isn't, uh, that, that can, 
I really feel like the Tea Party, that whole constituency, is less focused on the deficit or our spending and is much more focused on how well the stock market is doing now. And it was like, oh, that ragtag group of middle Americans that was astroturfed together, they really, they're really invested in billionaires making more money. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's right. That's right. Wall Street's doing really well and actual human beings are doing poorly. And by the way, this is, we have to talk about the Connors. I hope you watched it. I really hope you watched the Connors. Oh my God. Oh my God. But it's related to this. I mean, so first off, you know, the Connors, <laughs> we, I watched the first episode of the Roseanne reboot Yeah, and was, I think both of us were um, very angry because mm-hmm. uh, it was garbage. Um, I have to say the Connors is a better show. It's still bad, really bad. I mean, they kill off Roseanne. She has an opioid. She ODs on opioids. And then they go into this whole thing about like, you know, it's, the economy is so bad. People are sharing drugs and, you know, it's like. They kind of like, I mean, they kind of weirdly pawned off on like people being poor mm-hmm. instead of what is actually the case, which is like there was a concerted effort amongst uh, pharma companies and doctors to like basically get people addicted to opioids. Yeah. You know, like there are people who 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 have been pushing uh, opioid use. And so, anyhow, it's just interesting. But um do you know there's like there's like there's a character there's a there's a, a there's a kid on the show I think the character's name is Mark mm-hmm. who is like non-binary I guess he's young he's like nine or ten mm-hmm. are you familiar with this plot line at all I saw those first few episodes so so yeah I didn't I only watched the first episode I kind of don't remember much about this but there's a there's a actually a really interesting exchange I have to I'm gonna I, I have to give the Connors a little bit of credit okay. And maybe this is just um, John Goodman for because he's a really good actor, but they have some conversation on this on this this episode of the Connors, which is like season one, episode one. Was I was like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. I was like, oh wait, no, it's a new show, technically. But um, Mark is talking about um what boy he wants to sit next to on the bus because it would it will indicate that he likes one of them, and you know Dan. The old dad, you know, Roseanne's uh, husband is like, I'm an old man. I got to go out to the shed or something like that. You know, he's like, I don't want to hear about this stuff. But then um, he's like, he's like, did you he's like the kid is like, did you ever like a boy? And there's this really interesting pause that John Goodman does. That's like definitely like a uh, it definitely is supposed to emote like a hesitation. It's a hesitation. And then he's like, no, you know, I didn't or whatever. He's like, I was wondering when you were going to talk to me about this. It's like a kind of an interesting scene where I feel like they're kind of intimating that as a younger man, perhaps, Dan Connor might have felt some feelings. Oh, yeah? Some gay feelings. Yeah. And I was like, this is an interesting choice. Yeah, that's a new. I want you to watch this fucking episode and you give me your read on it. Yeah, I will. You have to. I can't believe you didn't watch it. I was like, I got to watch it. I was like, I don't want to, but it's like a train wreck, you know? It actually, honestly, I think the show's improved with no Roseanne because Roseanne is just sucking up all the air with her racist bullshit, you know? Yeah. Now it's just a bunch of really competent actors with pretty bad scripts. I feel like it's a version of the reboot that I could get into now, but I don't. It's definitely like ripped from the headlines, though. Like everything is ripped from the headlines. It's like they're they're really poor and they're sharing opioids and they can't make ends meet and you know they're having health insurance stuff and there's all. I mean, just like it's everything is like you know it's very like you can feel it's like wants to be a show that's like mod or whatever you yeah. know it wants to be like it wants to be know, all the family. 
Yeah, once we all understand it's this like hot button moment where it addresses the stuff that but it's like why make it a fucking sitcom then? Like and all with with all due respect. Yeah. If you want to tackle the issues of the moment, maybe don't make it a sitcom. Because sitcoms yeah. traditionally are not really that great at dealing with you need the moment. Or on like I, or the way that I felt when it first came back and then um, the way that I felt when Will and Grace first came back, which also went topical in its first episode and then pulled back from that, is you need to focus on the characters. And if the if it makes sense for that character to experience something that's from the headlines-ish, fine. But it, those shows aren't like The Good Wife where they're at their best when they're discussing like current events. They're at their best when the characters' relationships are doing stuff that is funny. And if it's if you have a commentary or a very special episode, great. But the episode needs to function on its own other than that. And what I was seeing in Roseanne was that it was just a lot of like, I'm wearing my pussy hat. And it's like, no, this bitch is in her pussy hat. What are you going to go to the yeah, women's yeah. march? And you're like, what is yeah. that? It was very much like a, like a kind of like a um, granola mixture of whatever, you know, see, oh, there's like the kids, like maybe he's non-binary and then, or, you know, he's gay, but he's, maybe he doesn't know. And, and then there's like the, yeah, the pussy hat thing. And, you know, then there's like some, there's a, a mixed race couple, you know, they got a little bit of everything, yeah you know, like a little smattering of all the things that feel like they should be topics. Yeah. It's like, that's not really a show. That's like a notion. Yeah. A bad notion at that, you know? Well, um, um, did you see uh, Chris Bell had some like very mild commentary being like, you know, when I read my kids fairy tales, I like to illustrate the parts of the stories where the themes are, you know, a little more modern. I don't like talking about how like I don't like telling my kids the story of like how a prince had to kiss a sleeping woman to wake her up and save her. Like I, that just has weird consent issues. So we try to focus on stories that don't have those themes or adapt them or try to like highlight the ones that I want messages I want my kids to get. And then she talked about how she um, recycles books and she tries to, if she finds good kids books and her kids age out of them, she tries to donate them to get in like a local program so that other kids could have access to those books or whatever. Like it was just like mom stuff. Yeah. And she is herself a Disney princess from frozen. Oh. It blew up on the like right wing Twitter where they were like, <laughs> they were like, this liberal wants to change fairy tales to make them PC. This yeah. this is who Disney hired. Like they just turned it into this whole thing, and it was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you something. I, this is like I mean, as that rape is bad and recycling books, and they were like, fuck that message, kids. Yeah, well, I mean, that's yeah. I, I will say though, on this topic. I mean, not I'm not surprised their reaction is that. I mean, the the right wing is always like it should be like it was before, and if it, anything changes, we're gonna have a completely outsized reaction to it. I mean, that's just like stupid. They always have the same stupid reaction. It's but as a how they can be men's rights activists and also hate mannies. It's like, do you want equality or not? I don't know. They don't. They don't want that. There's that's not what they're. That's not the act. That's not the activation and the activism that they're looking for. Like. uh but okay, here's the thing. I am. A, I have a daughter, and we are reading her lots of books. We read lots of books, and she, you know, partially because of like friends at school, and and partially just because of societal things. You know, she gravitates towards stuff that like I got to tell you, it's pretty fucked up. Like, like she started. She got. She went to the library with Laura, and Laura's like, you can pick out a book to read or whatever. And she picked out this book about this girl. They're called Kylie Jean books. You know who Kylie Jean is. No idea. You probably don't. She's like a, you know, it's like a kid's book. Kylie Jean's like from the South. She's like lives in Texas, I guess. And she's like, you know, shit's fucking, it's real bad. 
it's like mom is in the kitchen making food and you know tj her brother she she wants him to be in a ballet but he, she's like he's a boy he doesn't boys don't do ballet you know it's a shit like that yeah zelda fucking loves him right she's very because she's like doing ballet and gymnastics and all the books are about things like that and like but also like there's all this just super fucking i mean forget about the fairy tales the fairy tales are like child's play by comparison modern books are completely fucked up like modern kids books have some of the they also like do this thing where they'll introduce they have some of the worst ideas but they also introduce bad ideas like the berenstain berenstain bears books sorry really quickly they have a book it's like this about a sleepover and they're like let's stay up all night and go to the kitchen and make crazy food and destroy the bathroom and it's like nobody would ever think of this like you're giving zelda an idea well, that was what I was going to say is similar to like dare programs, how they would bring in drugs and show us how they're done and where you could buy them and what they're worth. Um, yeah. You're, you're making an assumption that I already have this information or, or even with gender stuff, you're making an assumption that I assume that boys don't want to do ballet, but a child has no assumptions like that. So when none, you, no zero assumptions, when you jump to that, even to refute it, what you're saying, it would be like I told you, you know, Josh, I can look past your horrifying elbows. I actually like you as a person. It's like, wait, I never even wow. thought those were bad. That's rude. And That's now so you're, rude. You're already telling me like that you've evolved past the notion that I didn't No, it's crazy. To it's crazy. I, I'm with Kristen Bell on this. I have to say, I, I wish, like, I will, I will say this, like, uh, I was, the other day we were reading her one of these Kylie Jean books and I'm like, we have to counter, we getting to counterbalance on this fucking thing. You know, like, the book is so – it's not like it's – I mean, it's not like bad, bad. I mean, it's fine. It's a story about a girl who wants to be a ballerina or whatever. It comes from a weird – It's just there's, there's little things. There's little things. And the little things are really – you know, it's, it's, it's insidious. And the whole – just the whole world is geared towards – I mean, it's not just one book. It's not just one thing. It's like her, the, her friends at school. Like it's really hard to get little girls to not feel – the way society wants them to feel or the way society has always made them feel, which is like subjugated and second class and like, um, uh, you know, submissive to the whims of men. And it's like, it's not like overt in anything. It's just in everything. I mean, the difference between you know, when you show a kid Moana versus you show them Cinderella, just the basic assumptions of like, can't save themselves, can't um, like need, uh, has no agency um, have basically no personality in Cinderella. And then you look at Moana and it's like night and day. It's like, even yeah. when you show those kids, those classics, you're, you're delivering insidious like messages that I just feel like for me with my kids, I would be thrilled if they got into those movies when they were a little bit older and they were like, I'm into the history of animation. Okay, great. In the context with some understanding, but I'm not going to show my kids song of the South. Like, I don't think that's right. Yeah, I mean, I think that I – well, you know, on the flip side, of course, is like, you know, look, Laura grew up with that shit in her – I mean, worse, you know? I mean, grew up in the in this, in the 80s, you know? And, and you know, certainly grew up to be a strong woman who has a sense of herself and, and you know, it's like – But you never get over do, stuff. You, I mean, Doesn't do girly shit, you know, or whatever, but like – Grow past it. Like, I have worked so hard in my life to minimize my own internalized homophobia. And like, I feel like I, every single day I have to you know, think about how I'm thinking about things and perceiving people because like racism and sexism and xenophobia and transphobia and homophobia, all that stuff is so ingrained in you that you spend a lot of time working on it. Some people aren't going to do that work. And how much better would it be if I had not internalized those to begin with? Like I, I wouldn't have had to spend a decade like learning that I was internalized homophobia that I myself was homophobic. Like there's a lot of stuff that just like, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it, it, 
it's also that whole the whole childhood part, portion of it, which is like when she's like a teen or when she's like ten or whatever. You know, could we improve the way she feels when she's ten years old if we yeah. don't? But so anyhow, like the thing is, like where do you? It's like I don't know where to, where the right. I don't know where the line should be drawn. Like we watched this like Tinkerbell movie the other day because she mm-hmm. saw I don't know how she's like saw Tinkerbell and was like, oh, I want to check this out. And you know, it was like I don't know. Tinkerbell was like not the Tinkerbell from. Um, from from uh, Peter Pan, she was like, uh, kind of like a maker. I mean, honestly, like the whole thing was about how she like made inventions from like different parts of weird like old stuff. Like yeah. it was actually kind of cool. And they're like, you're tinkering. It's like, oh, okay, that's where that's the name origin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but which is fine. Like she watches Doc McStuffins, which is a show about a a kid who's a doctor, you know, and is like running the show. Yeah, and I think that's very positive reinforcement but like you know i don't know then the other thing is like you can't help but kids can't help but be interested in what they're interested in and and it's very tough uh a lot of the stuff i watched was extremely like experimental edgy animation that nickelodeon comedy central mtv like that they were doing at the time so we yeah i like doug no no no, like Ren and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life. Like, oh yeah, Ren and Stimpy. That's very adult stuff. There's very a lot adult of stuff that I don't know how it ended up affecting me, and that's probably a topic. Oh yeah, no, that shit definitely fucked you up. But that guy also was like a that guy was like a pedophile. Yeah, the Ren and Stimpy well, guy was. Even so, was the guy who did all the. I was about to say, but when my brother, who's ten years younger than me, my youngest brother, was growing up, and I was still like in high school, and I watched him watch stuff. He would watch. Like those little sitcoms that Dan Schneiderman, another pedophile. Yes. Um, yes. And the tone of those sitcoms and what the behavior that it modeled was that like kids are really quippy and snarky and they don't like anything and they're better than you and they've always got like a report yeah. and they've like it just made like these sassy, like I guess like Oh, you mean all modern sitcoms are like that? Well, they're like everybody on them was just like a mean girl. And Yeah, no, the most annoying that's the most annoying modern trope, which is like all people who are friends hate each other and all they're doing all the time is talking shit on one another and attacking each other. They're all like, hey, I Carly, you look pretty stupid right now, you ugly bitch. And you're just like, no, I mean, literally, have you ever watched like the Big Bang Theory? It's like they all fucking hate each other. Oh, yeah. I mean, Will and Grace is just a show about how gay people model behavior that is really toxic and they're all really mean to each other. And it is true in real life. But when my brother would watch that stuff, I could tell it would impact his behavior after he watched it. Like he would always have like a sassy remark, even if it didn't make any sense because he wasn't old enough to really be sassy. Like it, right. it like modeled that behavior. And so for my kids or as we like go forward, I don't mind analyzing that stuff that we show our kid. Like it doesn't with the birth of screens and the weird shit that's on YouTube. I think like Kristen Bell's kind of bang on. And it was just no, a perfect example agree. of, the right wing as an entire movement, just so reactionary, not even understanding that she's talking about like family values, which is supposed to be their thing. Like it's well, no, but the, but if it's a family value, if it, it's family values with an eye to, um, you know, empowering women in any way, uh, they're not interested. I mean, the GOP hates hates women. There's never been a party, a political party. I mean, maybe certainly not. I mean, th- they are the party of hatred and their hatred is especially focused on women they are i've never met, seen a group of men more terrified of what happens when women get power than the gop and uh every woman in the gop is a fucking traitor and every man is 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 a monster and uh you really can't tell me otherwise at this point so it's unsurprising that they would be scandalized by the idea that you'd want to change uh or or avoid a 
you know, fucking story about where the prince, you know, takes what he wants from the princess and then marries her. Well, buy my new children's book, A Party of Monsters, all about a child's introduction to the GOP. <laughs> I think that's that sounds really good, and I would read that, and I think we should go get that published as ASAP. Uh, all right, what else is going on? Um, Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande broke. Oh, this is huge, okay? This is This really- is the biggest. This is such a non-story. I'm sorry, who fucking thought for one second that these – dumbasses were going to stay together i mean it's so uh, now here's my concern i feel bad here's my she's been through it now here's my big concern of, and i feel i feel the same way but i feel like there's going to be a bad so i'm always worried about pete davidson um uh uh in general no i'm worried about him as a as a person who's watching a person who's sober um who's been so vocal about it who clearly has is a troubled dude yeah, Mike. I'm constantly concerned that he's going to get you know slide back, and and now I've got this whole narrative in my head that I think is just so terrible. But I'm like terrified of it occurring, which is like Pete Davidson starts doing drugs again. Pete Davidson ODs. This is a thought that went through my mind when I heard they were breaking up, and then immediately Ariana Grande becomes like her whole thing becomes this like kiss of death. Oh. Like narrative, narrative. Oh, yeah, I know, right? But that could happen, man. Crown to lose. <laughs> what? But that was Taylor Swift's crown to lose. Well, she, Taylor Swift needs to actually be a human to have to, uh, you know, you know what I mean? Like, she, what is she, who is nobody? Nobody dies after dating Taylor Swift. Maybe when Apple releases an update to Taylor Swift, she'll be more like that. Oh my God! Listen, please stop shit talking the greatest female artist of our time. Um. So also, I want. <laughs> Uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, did you? Oh, are you playing it? I, it's not out yet. I don't think. Oh, it's not. Okay, I don't know, man. It I don't pay attention to that shit. One hundred install to your console, and it was the result of like really abusive. I mean, it's what's known in the video game industry as crunch, but apparently the whole situation was really dark this time, and there's been a lot of discussion about like workers' rights and like the unionization of the game developers because it was so bad this time around. And I mean, people working 24 hour days is not, you can't build. A we wrote a great, we wrote a great story about this called um, the universe will be outsourced about how all of these games are outsourced now to these like teams that do kind of grueling work. I mean, I'm sure it's also the non outsourced components. Um, here's the thing about red dead redemption that I uh, want to know though. It's like, it does there, is there a reveal at some point that it's a Westworld type of scenario? Cause what I'd like to see is, does Red Dead? What I'd love to see is take place on the moon. Well, like, yeah, it does it because we'd be fucking amazing if you play like you play like two hundred hours of Red Dead Redemption, and then it's like some fucking thing rises up out of the middle of the fucking desert that you're in, and it's like you're in the future. I mean, it would blow people's you fucking minds. Playing, I mean, I guess we're playing the intro to the game. Yeah, right. No, it's like stay tuned for season two, where it'll be bad. Um, but no, I guess they can't do that because of Westworld, though. I guess they would get sued. Yeah, I've never kind of a bummer. I've never gotten into it. I'm not a Western. Nobody fan. ever does anything like people so rarely do things that are really like that are just like you know that would be so weird and unexpected. Like, or if a dinosaur showed up, you know. Well, so much money goes into these productions now that it, it they 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 have to be safe to a certain extent. Like, it's the reason Marvel movies are artistically a little bland because they have to right. be crowd pleasers. If they're not like I sunk $2 billion into this. 
Have you? That's actually a good segue because I want to talk about the Joker movie. But but on the Red Dead Redemption thing, I like how you're talking about like workers' rights and stuff. And I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if it was like Westworld? <laughs> like we're so far like, apart. If it was Ryan, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if it was Westworld? And you're like, we got to fight. You know, these workers need to unionize. We're just so far apart on our thought process around Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> it's very sad. Um, can we talk about the Joker movie? Sure. Have we talked about this yet? No. Okay. So first off, they're making a movie called Joker that's produced by Martin Scorsese, Martin Scorsese mm-hmm. um, and starring Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. And I guess it's his origin story or, or a version of an origin story for the Joker. They're continuing to make Suicide Squad movies and I believe continuing to use Jared Leto as the Joker also in the DC universe. And I was just thinking the other – what? This is like a one-shot movie, yeah. But but like in what – what is the context? Because it's like just like, oh, like we have a character. You know him from this other – I mean I was just thinking about how fucking bad DC is at this. And it's like how crazy is it that like Marvel has had this continuous universe that seems totally organic from movie one? Like – I know they had some missteps, okay? I know there have been some missteps. There was an interesting but general- video um, by Vox just about the Marvel Universe and how it is built for corporate convenience as opposed to, like, the stories that they wanted to tell, which, like, yes, it is a seamless universe and it's, like, sealed into its own little bubble, but it is also, like, it makes for worse movies in an interesting way. And I kind of- well, the movies are – most of the movies are bad. Don't get me wrong, but at least they're consistent. But DC should be the opposite. DC should just be doing tons of, like, weird little projects and, like, letting people really do their vision of this and, like, their version of whatever. And, like, the idea that they were going to make their, like, a second Marvel universe kind of was always – like silly and lazy to me and not really the appeal of those characters. The appeal of it for me was like, I don't think anybody's like, Oh, I love the justice league so much. I would love to see 18 movies. Like, no, nobody loves the justice league that much. They're very boring at this point in our cultural history. But I just, but like, I just like, so the whole thing is so really experimental, cool stuff, like into the spider verse, but with all the DC characters. No, into the spider verse is going to be the best of all these movies. That's how I feel. It looks amazing. It looks fucking amazing. But I think that, um, yeah, I just think it's like, it just oh, boggles my mind. So now they've got like, they're doing a new Suicide Squad, which we typed, we typed it last week. He's going to be the Guardians of the Galaxy dude is going to do it, which is interesting. Um, it just boggles my mind. But I've been getting, I get, because I like, I kind of like read a few articles about the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. I get all these like Google News alerts now that are like, you know, pictures of him like running f- away from police. And it's like pictures of him on the street. There's so much footage of him just like doing the movie. It's really weird. And all like, the- I've never, did you read this news story? Where all those extras were trapped in the subway and they ended up having to like go in between the cars to pee and whatever, because the director was trying to get footage of them, like looking super harried. And I was like, Ooh. yeah, I mean, that sounds bad, you know, but on the other hand, you get to work with a great artist like um, Joaquin Phoenix. So isn't it worth it <laughs> in the end? Isn't it? I'd be all of um, So hold on. What were we just talking about that we were going to talk about? I mean, you was it something? Joker because of Red Dead. Oh, yeah. No, it's completely random. Can we talk about this? What's going on in the government right now? With the dead Saudi. The, Kish- the, the Khashoggi uh, situation. Yeah, Jamal Khashoggi. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm sure everybody's paying attention to this, but I just want to like we live in such insane times. I mean, there's this journalist who was killed by the Saudi government um, in their consulate in Turkey. Uh, unless I'm, unless I've got those facts wrong. Um, 
and uh, and uh, the president of the United States, instead of like, it's very clear to everybody in the world that the Saudi government is responsible for his death. The Saudi government is awful, very bad. They're very bad. Remember, um, was that remember nine eleven? I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg, man. But they also have a ton of money. And Saudi Arabia has a ton of money. And and literally the president of the United States is like, this guy, first off, the first time I heard him talk about it, he was like trying to like wiggle out of him being, he's a permanent resident of the US, mm-hmm. this journalist. He was like, is he a, he's not a citizen, right? He was like trying to wiggle out of like basically trying to find a way to say it doesn't matter what happened to him because he's not a real American or whatever. Yeah. You know, which is a just a one part of a larger problem. But like he was a tourist. Like it, it, it Yeah. But but the fucking president of the United States is like uh he's like, yeah, I believe what the Saudis are telling me. He's like, we don't want to give up this. They want to buy a hundred and ten billion dollars worth of military stuff from us. So like we don't want to we don't want to miss out on that money. It's like, dude, I mean, it, it's, it's such a great combination of things, but it's ultimately what it is, is, is it's like Trump is such a cuck. I don't know another word for it. He's cucked so hard by these other people. He's like cucked by Putin. Cucked by Kim. I mean, maybe it's, I mean, what's that? Cucked by Kim Jong-il. It's like, yeah, no, the thing was with uh, North Korea, it's like he made this big deal at the State of the Union about Otto Warmbier, the 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 kid the, who was killed or guy who was killed in, in, by the North Koreans, brutally murdered or whatever, or beaten, and 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 then he's like, oh yeah, no, this guy's cool, I like him, and he elevates this fucking guy, this despot, this fucking dictator, to the level of the president, you know, essentially, which he's now degraded, obviously, but he's like so on these, like on the Saudis' dick, for lack of a better way to describe it, he's so into them. That like he won't even be like, oh, no, we should have standards. Like you shouldn't murder people who live in America and are journalists. It just – it's – You know? If, if Obama was still president, I couldn't imagine that he wouldn't be able to be like, well, we have this deal with them and that is a completely separate issue because it's not like they're going to go elsewhere. Like it, the deal's done. Um, Not even bring that up. But then in the front of his mind be like, we need some situation. We need to – deal with this situation in a productive way that um, addresses that this is a human rights abuse, that we won't stand for this, that like, you know what I mean? Like there's a way to deal with this, but you throw any money at Trump and it's like, God, this must be how his business was run where it was just like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy to me that we the time that we live in. It just feels like there is no, I mean, truly America has lost its way. It's so lost. I mean, I know that America has never been a perfectly great place, but there have been real moments of brilliance. You can't deny that. Okay, America's like has felt like pretty forward from a, a, a bad place with good intention marching forward, and now it feels like we are backlighting. At- I mean, you could be like, you could be like, look, America sucks, and America has always sucked. But I don't believe that. I don't feel that way. I don't. I don't think that's true. I think America has has done a lot of things wrong, but it, it's also had some pretty amazing moments of doing a lot of things right. And I think that. You know, it's it's you know the Obama thing about a more perfect union is the perfect way to you know you know to the 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 on concept of an improving an improving situation, not a fixed and done situation. But like it's just we've been dragged so down into the fucking into the shit now. Like mm-hmm. we're so up to our fucking eyeballs in it. 
I just don't know how we ever come back from it. I don't know how America ever seems like America again, the way that the America that I grew up with, which was was imperfect and fucked up in a million different ways. The eighties and nineties had a ton of problems, but you know, it was a, it felt like we were moving in the right direction generally. Now it's just like, I don't know what's happening. Anyhow, I just think it's interesting to watch him, to watch the president of the United States basically be like all the intelligence agencies like, yeah, he was murdered by the Saudi government. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe not. They said there is a no rogue killer. It could have been a rogue killer that showed up. Anyhow, it's it's insane. Now he's he now he there's a headline in the New York Times. It's like he admits that he's dead. He believes it based on the intelligence. It's like, oh, cool. I'm glad you've like welcome to the you know welcome to re- welcome to what what everybody was talking about a week ago. Yeah. Anyhow, well, sorry, this is a very downer, very downer moment. Which we should why, we should not. I don't want to end this on a down moment. Which is why we have our nice things segment. <sighs> I've been very ill. I just have to stress this, okay? I'm a very rundown, sick man. I've been brutalized by whatever this illness is. Which is why we don't have a guest. Which is why we don't have a guest and we're doing this remotely because I'm I'm uh, I'm hooked up to several machines right now that are keeping me alive. Well, it's I- called the it's called the internet. <laughs> In the Star is Born soundtrack. <laughs> well, my thing for the week, I have three nice things. Um, number one is uh, I have been so down and like really going through it for a while. And like I have been handling it fine and like, you know, got to look on the upside, you know, probably since for a long time. Like I've just been going through periods of just like really going through the muck. Um, your twenties are not a fun time in your life, uh, when you, uh, for some people and it wasn't for me. And I recently went back on antidepressants, which I haven't taken since high school and God, it is like night and day. I obviously need to be on antidepressants and anybody out there who is depressed or whatever, like therapy is super helpful. Definitely do it. Um, I have gained so much in my life from therapy, but it, I weirdly was not taking any medications because I, for some reason, just wasn't I just didn't feel like I needed to and uh having gotten back on it it's like it it's like I was a diabetic and I started taking my insulin again like I'm just a completely different person and I'm like functional so one of my nice things mm. is that I'm back on antidepressants and that you, if you need them just go get them just go get them if you can afford them and you have health insurance just go do it like it it doesn't make you weak or whatever it, it you should do it. it because it has transformed yeah. I wake up uh not uh in pain emotionally every day and it's nice so there's number one. I, endo- I, I endorse that uh, sentiment. Number two is I've been watching um, vintage makeup tutorials on YouTube. So these are like short educational films made in different decades. Um, it's usually sponsored by a beauty company or a soap company or something. And they're so funny and weird. And the weird products that people would put on themselves uh, because there just wasn't stuff available. Like, like just using very harsh chemicals or... Um, like using Vaseline in their eyebrows and stuff. And sometimes the results look good and you're like, wow, like you really don't need to go out and buy $3,000 worth of makeup to look good. But other times it's just weird. And it's always like a man who looks like a barber in his forties, who's like measuring a woman's face, like from her nose to her forehead, then her nose to her mouth, then her mouth to her chin. And then being like the ideal proportion for a woman's face, <laughs> and like driving mm-hmm. all these things that just feel wrong. Or it's an old timey actress who's like, you know, 
in order to look like this, I splash cold water on my cheekbones, which makes them so high. And you're like, no, it doesn't. You're a famous actress. You're just beautiful. Like, it's they're really weird and interesting. So if you have any interest, definitely look one up. Um, you'll have a good time with it. And sometimes you can find makeup, like, gurus on YouTube following the... Um, they'll follow the tutorial as it happens. And it's really funny to watch a modern person use like old timey, like, you know, beeswax on your lips. It's really, really yeah. cold cream, a lot of cold cream. A in lot the mix. Of cold cream, real thick, viscous. There's a lot of yeah. like setting your hair for the week. Um, just like borax. You're just like, what? Um, no, don't put that on your face. Definitely watch. Um, so there's that. Okay. And my last thing, uh, just to plug, uh, which is nice. Uh, is that on Halloween, I'm doing a uh, storytelling show called Queer Horror Stories, and it's all going to be themed around Sabrina, both the new show and the 90s sitcom. And we're going to have a bunch of really funny comedians and writers um, that are LGBTQ from New York come to a bar called Tilt in Brooklyn. Um, it's at 8 p.m. And if you listen to this show, you should come. It's going to be really fun. I host it. It's two hours. Mm. Drinks are really cheap. Um, it's heavily themed. And I'll be dressed as the scariest Halloween villain of all time, Melissa Joan Hart. So come. Mm. Those are my I that sounds that sounds highly entertaining. I don't understand though. It's not about the new. So I do like a Sabrina a rough theme where I'm like, hey guys, and I'm I'll be dressed in the theme, and the music will be themed about, about something, and I'm gonna it's gonna be Sabrina this time. In the past, it was like Death Becomes Her or The Adams Family, and then individual comedians or storytellers come up and tell like a five to ten minute horrible thing that happened to them that relates to their gender or sexual identity, and it's funny. They're they're really funny. Those stories are usually not related to the thing. But if you come dressed up as uh whatever you're dressing as for Halloween, or if you don't have a costume, come dressed as Aunt Hilda or Aunt Zelda or something, and it'll be really fun. Mm. Well, in the words of Kanye West, I love it. Um, now I've got to talk about my things. Let me tell you, nice things. Let me tell you my things. Let me tell you my nice things. So first, um. You, you're familiar with the Marie Kondo uh, book, the yeah, life-changing. I spelled her name and you freaked out. <laughs> you misspelled it? I misspelled Marie Kondo's name in like a show notes once. And you were like, how do you not know how to spell this? I, I freaked out. I don't know. That sounds that doesn't sound like me. Um, I I don't I hadn't read the book because I don't have time for that bullshit. But uh, I have been throwing. I've been since I've been at home a lot this week. Um, I've been I started throwing things out that are in my house that I don't need like really insane things. Like, um, like just, I, I don't know. There's something wrong with me. Like I would take like receipts and I put them in a box and I put the box in a bag and I put the bag in another box and I put the box in a closet. And then like, I, like I opened it and I'm like, what is this? It's like receipts from 2013, like from a restaurant. Like, what are these doing here? What are they for? No, like great. literally boxes and boxes of them. Anyhow, throwing things out. I got to tell you, do it. Throw things out. Throw away things you don't need and donate things that you don't need that are not garbage. Um, yeah. We filled a bunch of bags with donations um, and just like clothes and like a toaster. If we had a second toaster, like what are we doing with a second toaster? We don't need it. Um, you know, there's people who need that shit. Um, anyhow, so I've been doing that. I've been doing that a lot lately and that's been really good. Um for me personally and also it means that there's less stuff in the house so i can actually like you know live without feeling like i'm losing my fucking mind um so that's been really that's thing number one thing number two is i, I maybe i talked about this already i i've become like a bojack horseman fan you talked Have about, you it talked about this at all 
Did we talk about this last week? We talked about it a little bit. I didn't do, but it wasn't my my thing that I like. Is it no. my nice things? So I listen. I'm gonna say I, I I have trouble. I mean, I used to love animated shows, but I have trouble getting into them now. I my my expectations for BoJack were very low, but also I watched an episode one time and was like, nah, it's not for me. But then I started watching it a little bit more, and I have to say it's a it's a it's a strangely affecting and funny show. Great. Um, that I recommend everybody watch because I think it's really, um, I think it's really, I don't know. There's something about it. It's got a quality that, that I've never seen in an animated show. Anything heart, that heart maybe is going to be high quality. That's how I knew that show would be amazing. And Why? Who, and anything who's involved in Amy Sedaris. Oh yes. She's very good in it. She plays uh, uh princess, uh, Marilyn. Uh, Princess Carolyn. I, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's just. I also like. I guess for me, it's one of those things where I can just watch it over and over and over again, mm-hmm. which I think is very valuable. Um, and then I don't know if I have a third thing. My third thing is is I've been I've been because I've been sick. I've been checked out out of looking at the internet, and that's felt pretty good. <laughs> and I've been spending a lot of time with you know. I've seen Zelda when she gets home from school, which is unusual because I usually I'm not here, and. Um, that's been very good for me. You can tell I'm very run down. Self, take care of yourself. That's my thing. My nice thing is if you're sick, just be sick. One of the things I have not done in my life. Oh, that was ever, that is everything for me is if you're sick, be sick. If you want to take a nap, take a nap. If you feel like your blood sugar's dropping, but you're already at your calorie limit, just eat something. Just do like, it. Like, and this, this, maybe this isn't even about like self care, like the modern conception of it. I'm just saying this. You know, I, for a long time, maybe for a decade, if I got sick, I would just like, it's like, I'm going to power through it or I'm going to ignore it. Or I'm, you know, I'm just like, whatever, because I have to work or I have to do something or whatever. And it's like, you know what, if you feel sick, if you feel run down, take care of yourself first, you know, because you're not good to, you're not good to other people. If you, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, if you're dead. Yeah. Put your airplane mask on first. I don't know what that means. Oh, I see. If you're on the airplane. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that RuPaul repeats a thousand times, like Lady Gaga's if there are a hundred people in a room statement, um, where RuPaul says all the time, you when the when the airplane masks drop and the plane's going down, you gotta put yours on before you put on your kids. And it's true. Yeah. I mean, but then get your kids on really quickly because I know, mean, yeah, definitely get yours on real fast. They're very important. And yeah, so that's my thing. That's my nice thing is 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 let, let yourself feel let yourself feel sick and take care of yourself, and then you're going to feel a lot better. I still don't feel totally better, but I'm getting there. And surely, happy birthday, Josh. Oh yes, thank you, Ryan. It's um, it's a great time of year. It's the time of year that I celebrate my birthday. And Josh at Josh Topolsky, happy birthday. Yeah, please tweet at me. That's where I like to get off. That's where all the best stuff happens to me is on Twitter. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it. I, I think we're done here, Ryan. I think we've gone, we've talked about a lot of things. We've gone around the world. This mm-hmm. edit's going to be a nightmare for you. We'll be back next week with uh, oh whatever talk happens this week. Everybody calm down.
Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. Though I've just been informed that your family has taken a DNA test and they're not humans. <laughs>